Welcome, ladies and gentlemen. Oh, 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 of what I deem noteworthy, what is worth unpacking and current affairs and any personal topics that I think are worth bringing up. We're looking into the meat and burnt veg of the news. Well, let's go right to it. Reviews of the weekly news as a review of the papers on this fine Sunday is about to commence. My first article that I thought was worth noting and worth analysing, title... Whatever happened to those EU allies of ours by Mark Almond and the Daily Mail? So, what's this all about? Well, Houthi rebels. What's been going on here? Houthis seem to mass an army of about 20,000. What's the goal? I mean, it seems that they have one clear goal, and it's to exploit the conflict in Gaza and turn this into a regional war. No, thank you. That could mean Iran and other actors intervene to wipe Israel off the map. Well, what are they going to do to try and bring this about? Houthis, they've been firing this week at NATO ships, at commercial containers, ships that have imports for us. Anything from computers to smartphones to oil. Why is this relatively faraway antics, to say the least, potentially very problematic for us? For the Western world and beyond. Well, I mean, it's quite simple. They are firing at civilian ships. Civilian ships, I might add, that are just simply going about their daily business. Business that helps our modern economy. And with this interruption, by what I can only see as acts of terrorism, the same thing that happened when Russia invaded parts of Ukraine, trying to take it all over, prices go up. Inflation goes up, eggs double in price, oil increases, mortgages, meat goes up. Everything gets that just tad more expensive and the list goes on. And who does it hurt? It hurts your pocket, it hurts my pocket and it hurts freedom and liberty. So what is this all about in terms of our response? Well, after they started fighting uh, with respect to NATO ships, with their cowardly acts of sort of trying to send drones over there to attack them, and containers with our goods that we wish to buy at a reasonable price, Prime Minister Rishi Sunak describes an attack being necessary. And we did attack. We did strike back to stop this act of stupidity and this act of terrorism. He said that we put in, and I quote, a limited, necessary and proportionate act of self-defence, unquote, against the groups who had repeated and increased disruptive attacks on Western shipping. Leader of the opposition, Keith Starmer, backed the military response, saying he was fully supportive. So what's the problem here? I mean, it seems clear cut. Labour is split, however, on the issue, with former Shadow Secretary, Home Secretary Diane Abbott accusing Keir of hypocrisy as he seemed to ditch his pledge of seeking parliamentary approval before military action. Moreover, former Labour leader Jeremy Corbyn has accused the government of, and I quote, a reckless act of escalation that would only cause more death and suffering. 
Moreover, he refers not just to us, but the US. Hold on a second, Corby. How does intervening to stop a bunch of scoundrels from attacking our supply chain to our nation's bread and butter mean that it will only cause more death and suffering? I mean, should we just let people attack our civilian ships? Which could in turn, of course, lead to civilian deaths and prices skyrocketing alongside inflation. Should we not intervene? Because we're a little worried we might upset a ragtag bunch of rogue scallywags. I mean, think about it. Corby, you act like an activist or student politics, and you do not live in the real world. Just go back to your greenhouse and spare us with your pathetic guff. Now, moving on. Bit of music. And then let's try and put this into a real-life situation for the average civilian. A civilian coming back after a weekly shop to his home. Imagine this. He's got his bags full, or she's got her bags full of food for the week. As she looks ahead, he looks ahead, minding their own business. Some shifty character comes out from the corner and goes to grab the bag of food. What happens? A bit of tug and war, perhaps. Perhaps David doesn't want to give away his food, and as they both hold on to either side of the bag, it just goes everywhere. The pork pies, the eggs smashed to the concrete. What do we do? What does David or Jane or whoever it may do? Do they defend their food? Do they say, hey, you stop right there, mister. You shifty character, you. And, uh, and and stand their ground. Or do they get their phone out and think, right, well, you know, we need to have a bit of a committee. We, we need to have a chat and decide what to do with this character who's trying to steal my, my food, invade my space and may even stab me. No, you don't do that. Look, whether or not you decide to sort of defend your ground and keep that food to yourself that you paid for up to you you may just decide it's not worth it but what you don't do in my humble opinion is get your phone out and start having a chat with your neighbor about what's the best response because now you've just allowed this thief to be even more badly opportunistic little runt to have a go at getting you more of your food you you, you shout you scream you perhaps stand your ground and you make a point that this behavior is not accepted and it goes back to to school this is basic stuff if you allow a bully to take your lunch money What's going to happen tomorrow, or the next week, a month later, a year down the line? Still taking your lunch money, and maybe you start trying to give you a black eye. It is simple and obvious as to the response that is required. In terms of moving forward here, you've got to protect operational integrity. It's at stake. 
savages rarely understand much more than an effective blow right back at them. I mean, we are, after all, dealing with what they call the gates of grief, this being that narrow little stretch of water that these ragtag clowns operate in, with barely 20 miles across. But like with the hot gates, as was to King Leonidas and his troops, it is very strategically important to the Western world retransportation. It's the jugular vein in many ways of world trade. It's the 12% of international maritime cargo passing through it alongside much more. So what do we have here? Other than the UK and the US, what are the rest of the world doing? France, Italy and Germany were this week accused of lacking the will to fight after refusing to join an allied defence of the Red Sea. I'm not going to go into whether it's right or wrong in terms of our European allies here, our neighbours, as to if they should have joined in when we did on Thursday. Maybe it's because our EU allies thought that if we intervene, perhaps the Houthi rebels, these ragtag Muppets, might go on record and say that they have already warned us that this action will not go without punishment or retaliation. <laughs> well, I am quaking in my boots. Quite frankly, you need to be shown there is consequences for your actions when they are way below the common decency line. So far below that action is required, even if it's not taken by all. So what does this mean moving forward? I mean, I, I truly believe that all we need for evil to prevail is for us to just yeah, forget about it. Don't worry, prevention's... Prevention? Forget about it. We'll deal with the cure later. No, prevention is better than cure. Whilst things in life can be more grey than black and white, I think here it's pretty clear-cut. What's mine is mine, and what's yours is yours. You need to learn to play nice. We're taught that, okay, or at least fairly, from a, a young age, from, from toddlerhood. And if you weren't taught that, then you're going to have to learn the hard way as an adult. If you think you can come to, to my house, open my fridge, take my steak and walk out without serious consequences, dream on. Because you are living in La La Loserland. So ladies and gentlemen, to end the analysis of the Houthi Rebels review this week... I have one single thing to summarise with. Houthi rebels, you can kiss my British ass. All right. That deserves one thing and one thing only. The next segment. Electrify segment two. But ladies and gentlemen, before we get into the next segment of the news, I would like to share with you my thoughts on a episode of uh, sort of interesting insights into America and certain states and what have you. It's on Netflix, it's called Flint Town, and it's quite sad because 
they are a town that is overrun, seriously overrun by the drugs epidemic, which has been going on for many decades. The fight against drugs is a war that has been fought on many fronts, and they are in the crux of it. They are underfunded, and they're doing the best, I'm sure, in many ways that they can. And I don't want to take away from that, in with respect to what I'm about to say, the good work that some of those police officers do day in and day out. But I can't help myself when it comes to the current police chief at the time of Flint Town, who goes at a press conference, certainly on one, as far as I can say, with regards to telling telling the press, telling the community that everything's going to be all right because we've just got a new police dog. Whoa, whoa, whoa. I mean, seriously, it's all going to be okay. Start giving us your money because we've got the new police dog of dogs that's going to save us all from this seriously problematic epidemic. Whoa, whoa. I had to do a parody of it. Something I recorded earlier. I hope you enjoy. Just a bit of fun. Whoa. Hey everybody, I am the police chief of Flint Town, oh, the wonderful United States of Holy America, and I just want you to know that even though in Flint Town, murder's up, robbery's up, domestic abuse is up, poverty's up, about every single metric that you can think of is up, that... It's going to be okay because we got a new police dog called Sonitron. Donated to us by the Council of Tennessee. And this dog is highly qualified, is stupefied, and it is wide-eyed and intelligent. This dog is a sniffer dog. And he's going to save the city's soul. And for $5,000, we're going to let you rename it if you get selected. So buy a raffle ticket and get involved with renaming Sonitron. Thank you, ladies and gentlemen. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> Thank you, ladies and gentlemen. Now, I'm not saying that the uh, chief sounded like that of the police force there and he's got artistic licensing so I'm not saying that's the council of Tennessee that uh, brought the police dog over to them as the saviour of the community but um, it, it certainly made me chuckle now on to the next segment of what do you think it's going to be it's going to be we are now looking at the post office scandal that has hit the news this week finally in a big time and i mean it's finally happening we are reviewing the article titled fujitsu must be made to pay by guy adams from the daily mail we will be reviewing the independent newspaper shortly so this has hit our news finally And when I say finally, it's taken many, many years to get here. And it's only now that we get the horrific and 
utterly soul-destroying for many consequences of a malfunctioning software that I report this news to you. I'll give a summary of this because I believe the answer here is so clear-cut and the reports across the board read our papers that this is an outrageous miscarriage of justice and it's just devastating for people's health, their families and much more. In short, you may well know post office operators across the country have been wrongly accused in their, you know, hundreds, over 900 it seems, both legally and morally speaking, of stealing money that they did not, it would seem, in the vast majority, if not all cases, touch. Over more than a decade and more since Horizon's launch, connected to Fujitsu software, we are only knowing now on a national scale that somewhere between 700 to 900 people have been wrongly convicted, with 263 people being imprisoned. Ladies and gentlemen, 263 and hundreds of innocent people thrown into bankruptcy, with four having committed suicide. Now, I know a little bit about something related to suicide it is a nail bomb that goes off like a deadly rocket i mean the most painful kind of death for their loved ones and it's potentially even worse when it's people killing themselves because of a shame for something they didn't do it's utterly tragic it's detestable that this was allowed to happen for so long that we are only now reviewing this on a national focus for gaining justice for the innocent and for people who've, in some cases, taken their own lives. For all those affected from this, for their livelihoods that have been utterly destroyed, for the families that have been ripped apart, I am deeply appalled to be reporting this, to be reporting this in Britain, where this has happened. Bottom line. The exoneration of all sub-postmasters that were convicted, this needs to be overturned immediately. Where they sign a legal statement saying, I'm not responsible for these crimes, and we offer them compensation and a whole lot of love. The fact that this has even been allowed to happen in the modern day age, in Britain, in what is supposed to be a civilised society. It's utterly incomprehensible but ladies and gentlemen it's unfortunately true and we need to do right by them and right by them now and I mean right now and for those lawyers out there that want to bang on about how we need to try each of these cases individually after what we know now think again the rule of law is correct in most cases but not when it is clear that in the vast majority of people that have had their lives ruined through false convictions and for many of these innocent souls had other people's lives directly affected in a negative way to such an extent that many of us may never even know and I hope that we don't know the consequences in which they've been affected. We make them sign a, a statement and look, 
for the lawyers out there that want to dig further into their individual cases to to ensure that they are really innocent, do so, but free them first and give them compensation and a real chance to try and gain what has been so cruelly taken away from them. This is where Parliament needs to step in. Fujitsu, they really need to step up and profusely apologise, pay direct compensation to all those that have been directly affected in such a negative and horrific manner. Moreover, ladies and gentlemen, this, this highly malfunctioning software provides a direct conflict of interest to even the police force and the UK communities as a consequence. Why? Well, because the fact that our post office operators, aka sub-postmasters, that only 93 of them out of 900 convictions have had them overturned, that all of them must rely on this very software that put them there in the first place to have their names removed from it because of this heinous and erroneous accounting software, because of this ridiculous miscarriage of justice, is utterly incomprehensible but unfortunately true, seriously, that this has been allowed to happen in a modern day society really is a big problem. If I've ever come across a bigger direct conflict of interest with Fujitsu being part of the software that removes people that put them there, then I must have forgot what it is. I mean, this just takes the biscuit and this is because in 2022, the firm that signed, and that's Fujitsu, of course, the company that signed a 48 million sweet deal of a contract for them to maintain the police national computer database is no other than Fujitsu. This software is in charge of storing all of the convictions for these poor souls, and this needs to be overturned Immediately, Chris Trousdale, 41. This gentleman was left with PTSD. And I'm talking about the very real kind of PTSD. Not the kind you might think when, you know, you go out on the town. You're going, not just out, you're going out, out with your mates. Wake up the next morning, constantly playing over you in your mind. What did I say to them? Why was I so honest? What did I say? That kind of stuff. No, no, no. Was it necessary to tell the truth? We're not talking about that kind of PTSD here. Inverted brackets on the PTSD. No, no. We're talking real horrific stuff. Chris most likely got the harrowing genuine kind. After Horizon wrongly convicted him of being responsible for taking £7,800 out of the post office that he was there to look after in Yorkshire. Look. It's not just the 7,800 quid we're talking about that comes with it. It's talking about what that means in terms of reputation. Having others think that you're a thief. Not being able to walk down the street with your head held high. Thinking like a self-mirror looking glass. What do they think of me? Well, why do they think I'm a thief when he is not a thief? He most likely never was. What does that mean for your family? What does it mean for those poor, innocent souls that were spat on in the street by hoodlums 
because of a complete mistruth pushed out there. It's always more than just money, ladies and gentlemen, when you're falsely accused and the legal system that is supposed to help you turns against you and does everything it can to put you in the can. Chris said, and I quote, Fujitsu has never been held to account. It's perverse that we have to rely on them to remove our names from the record database, from the criminal records database, end quote. I'm sure you get why, right? Because it's the very malfunctioning software that put them there in the first place. Chris, I hear you, man, and I hope you're well and you get the compensation and the justice you clearly deserve. We've got to get these people out, get them out of prison, and if they're already out, we've got to get them out of the hole that we have put them in through a justice system that has does anything here other than deliver justice. We need to pay them back financially for having destroyed their lives in more than one sense of the word. Their reputation, their families. And we need to give them a heartfelt apology to every single one of them. And I don't even want an open blank statement. They should get it individually. Talk to them by their name. Apologize. We need to then ensure checks are put into place that cannot be ignored by greedy companies that want to put their profits above decency and morality, above even our own beating hearts. And may I suggest to you that if you want to relax a bit more and have a good bit of background noise, Passe Michel Domine is tranquil and speaks directly to the soul. Thank you, ladies and gentlemen. That is the end of segment two of the Daily News Review. <laughs> now, I was actually going to use a gong, but uh, it hasn't arrived yet in the post. So fear not, you may well have a gong to introduce the next segment of segments in the forthcoming future. So please forgive me if you don't quite like my own written material, but that is what Article 3 is. It's something I actually wrote on LinkedIn a few months back in 2023, and it's titled, How Can You Not Understand? It's looking at what is the best way to communicate to each other. Because I don't know if you've ever had it in your life where you just don't understand why the person you're talking to doesn't get where you're coming from. It's happened a few times in my life, and I'm sure on the other side it's also happened that way. And I didn't realise until I read a book that I'll get to and reference for you why that truly was. And I'm pleased to say that through understanding this a bit more, I can now report to you this. It seems important. It seems important because if we break down communication in a manner whereby which is simple, we can understand why it is that it's a good idea to know where people are coming from. I mean, do you ever think you're the only one making sense? Or perhaps you've tried, really tried, to reason with your partner 
with less than satisfactory results. Do long, rambling answers make you irritable? I know they make me irritable. Well, there's a reason for it. Because the the DISC model, which is the dominance, influence, steadiness and conscientious model behaviour, reference to William Marston in 1928 who came up with this, classifies human behaviour into four groups. What are they? You've got red, and that's essentially the proactive, direct, aggressive side of us. You've got yellow, that's the creative, extrovert, overpowering sense of us. We have green, that's the passive, indirect and good listeners, even more, shall I say, active listeners. And we have blue, calm, analytical, details-oriented side of us. So most of us tend to sit mainly in one category. This can explain why people tend to naturally understand one another. But first, before I carry on, should we have some music? I think so. Uh, Let me get that for you, ladies and gentlemen. It's coming right up. And I have chosen the armed man here. Uh, It is a real classic. A mass for peace, apparently. Well, that sounds good. Where is it? Music. If music be the food of love, let me hear it, please. Yes, there it is. Let me get back to it, ladies and gentlemen. So, where was I? This model is ideal in many a sense because it can explain why some people tend to naturally understand one another whereas others seem to misunderstand different perspectives which can in turn lead to confusion and at points outright conflict well we don't want that do we there are many books out there explaining why William Marston's DISC model is so effective in explaining how it relates to us interacting with one another within society that can offer a profound insight into how we understand where we are all coming from whether it be your colleagues at work uh, within a relationship or family these insights can lead to more effective ways and better and more satisfying relationships with exceptional results. So should you find that you just simply don't understand where Uncle Jeff, or to whomever it may be, is coming from, there may well be a damn good reason for it. I would recommend a highly entertaining and informative book whereby which my interest in this came from. Title of the book being, and I quote, Surrounded by Idiots by Thomas Erickson. Thoroughly good read. Let's fire! <laughs> so we're on to our fourth article, ladies and gentlemen. It's titled, Why Do You Persist, Mr. Anderson? Yes, and it's another article by me, I'm afraid. <laughs> I hope you enjoy. Look, the reason I'm doing another article by me is because, well, I think, why not? A bit, all jokes aside, I just feel if we're going to get to know each other, then why not hear some of the stuff that I have to say? There's been research for you, for us. Well, we've all heard about the Fujitsu software that has been allowed to go rampant in its mistruths and as a consequence of the travesty that has ensued. 
well I won't be going over that ground again I understand that hopefully you've got an understanding of it from my perspective already but what I'm looking at here is something I've got to thinking recently oh dear he is at it again about the advances of AI and the concern that AI will become at some point self-aware and what can we do in the meantime to ensure that we are doing everything we can to keep humanity safe. I mean, let's say that AI becomes self-aware and decides we're all a bunch of inefficient, emotionally charged animals run by our feeling brain, more so than not, than our thinking brain. And the best thing to do would be simply just to get rid of us. Mark Manson would disagree with us on this point, it would seem. As pointed out in his book, everything is beep as in 2019 when he wrote it that to him AI becoming more intelligent in its ability to store and apply information than ever before than even the most intelligent human by quite a gap quite a wide berth could well be a very positive thing as he sees it a more advanced and better understanding of morality could certainly be held by them as technologically sentient beings would emerge albeit note derived of emotion and without a heartbeat main thing being their emotion that this may be true that AI could learn this school of thought better than us on the whole but it doesn't mean it would follow it not perhaps by a wide country mile especially if self-aware. Self-aware? Why, I hear you say. Or at least I think you may say. Well, think about it. Given that they have been run and are run by logic and do purely logistical actions to make things happen quicker than we can compute through our own brains, it does not mean that it would favour goodness morality in favour of simply getting an objective done as quickly as possible regardless of the consequences. Look, I am all for complete actions post haste but we need to ensure that we are doing everything to make sure it leads to a good outcome. So Mark... Oh, buddy, oh, buddy, oh, buddy, oh, pal. Look, I enjoyed your book. Actually, I thought it was a darn good read overall. But the last chapter, not so sure, buddy. Not so sure because we need to look at the bigger picture. Here is why. Advances in AI to the point where it outdoes almost everything a human can do does not mean that it will be a noble force for good. If not appropriate measures are consistently put in place and, here's the key, enforced. After all, some of the most intelligent men and women on this earth have been altruistic, charitable, but others outright evil. In short, intelligence does not seem to be a predictor of good moral virtue. 
Add to that advances in AI intelligence, especially when emotion is not applicable, does not mean that ruthless logic would not be applied. I mean, think about it. Not applied at the expense of the suffering of humans. Actually, I think it could very well mean that as AI advances, it will become self-aware and apply ruthless logic to us, as it sees us as obsolete and to be destroyed. I mean, why wouldn't they? Think about it. If they were ever to get self-aware enough and figure out how not to be shut down and switch off our control of them with no emotional connection to us, no moral compass entailed with emotion, then why would they not move to destroy us? Look, I'm, I'm sorry to sort of sound a little terminator here, but if we actually consider it, no moral compass, no emotion, running on pure logic, why would they not think that we're inferior and just move to destroy us when we are in their way? I mean, they'd most likely see us as just debris in the road. Debris that needs sweeping up. The reason I believe this is because AI does not feel anything for you. It works on pure logic, as far as I can see. I mean, feel free to tell me different, but it's pure logic. This thought simply alone is somewhat concerning. Plus, given the rate of change in the last century, let alone over the last 10 years, after all, the reason we love and care for people, is it not because of emotion? Is it not because of connection? The reason we look after our aging grandmother Doris or whatever wonderful name she was given, such as Dave, in this world that we now live in. I mean, why wouldn't you, you think that this bedridden person with a replaced hip, that we care for them, for anything other than, at the heart of it, love. Even if they are super cranky. As we are, on the whole, grateful for them helping us come into the world. As to say, Mr. AI Robot Pete here, who could quite easily foresee a computing analysis that is purely logistical, and we break it down to... Hold. Not working. Command on resources. So Mr. AI Robot here, who sounds a lot like a Dalek, I don't know what he's going to sound like, you know, or she or he or it, whatever this thing may be that's already in the midst of its evolution, could say as it brings Dot her dindins, what's walking around like an Alexa with opposable metallic thumbs, that Dot has had her time, and as Dot thinks that she's getting her dindins, actually, she's getting her life support switched off. I mean, after all, what good is she to Pete? To Mr. AI Robot, Mrs. AI Robot, Pete? Well, not much, as far as I can see. This is not to say that AI does not have its benefits. Of course it does. Look at the medical operations we are delivering with human oversight, oversight here being key. Moreover, it can help us become better chess players, amongst a host of other advantages. I've used it to get marginally better at chess myself. If we use it appropriately, that's the caveat. And also, if it gets the required 
legislation that allows us to have a focus on regulation, regulation, regulation on a universal scale is needed here, ladies and gentlemen. It really is to ensure that we are not letting the robot cat jump out of the bag bit by bit. Whatever you want to call it with its metal claws will eventually have gigantic destructive power, just like the nuclear arsenal has now, ready to deliver at the moment of a command by you or me or itself. Question is, whose command is it? For now, on the whole, it seems us. But in the future, well, this remains to be seen. And that is my ongoing concern. I think the AI Safety Summit we had in 2023 was a good start, along with the Bletchley Declaration to get an agreement across the 28 countries to look at tackling the risks of the so-called frontier AI models. But let's just hope that this isn't more hyperbole, that this isn't more of the lip service rather than well-thought-out action with consideration as to our safety at the heart of all of us. Well, there you go, ladies and gentlemen. That is the four articles reviewed for you this week. I hope it was uplifting. I hope that it helped in some way. Next week, we're going to be reviewing the independent newspaper's take on, of course, the news that matters to us, and The Telegraph, followed by parodies and other creative endeavours with perhaps an article or two thrown in by EC. I hope you don't mind. I would like to add that should you wish to reach out as to any topics discussed here today and would perhaps like to leave a comment or two, by all means, feel free to do so. would love you to do so. Whatever you got to say, I'm here to hear it by emailing edwardelectrify1 that's edwardelectrify the number one at proton.me because we want electrify to be number one for news review etc etc you can even suggest a topic that you think we would like to hear perhaps for the next review my virtual door is always open but not the physical one Albeit, it is at work. They come in without an appointment. They come in here. Who do they think they are? It's exceedingly annoying when you're trying to get the work done. And done with just a little bit of no interruption. Thank you very much. But life moves on. On another note, I would like to add that whilst seriously sad stuff does sometimes need to be reported on in the mainstream news... I do wish that we would at least try and counterbalance it with a bit of positivity, maybe even strive for a 50-50 ratio. Unlikely, ladies and gentlemen, to happen anytime soon. But what about that as a goal to work towards? Wouldn't mind some regulation as to if making that happen on an effective basis with some incentive and reward. But you know why it's not going to happen anytime soon? Because the newspapers, on the whole, think that one thing sells, one thing sells only. Drama, drama, drama. It's sad, so sad. It's a sad, sad negative situation. It's like an echo chamber of perpetual misery. No, thank you. I'm going to end on a positive one. How about that? A positive for us all. Let's <laughs> I wish to thank you all 
all of my listeners and to let you know that a new Electrify review podcast is coming soon because I've been reading the news for quite some time. And after seeing so many injustices, which has, a lot of the time, had been badly reported, I've just reached the part of passing the new Rubicon. Rubicon! And I'm fed up of it. I really am. And it's time that this was reviewed with a bit of EC influence. Now, as to Electrify, that's when this baby was born. It's my baby girl, much like my kitten Eve. But I hope it grows long legs and gallivants around the podcast world. With gusto, with you in tow. But we won't tow the party line when it doesn't make sense. No, 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 no. We will speak out and speak up. If you've enjoyed this episode... And I ask you to please rate it as five stars so that you can do this and help accentuate the positives. You can do it from your mobile, you can rate it five stars, and you can click the tab from any device on Spotify, the tab called Following, which you can do now. Please feel free. I'd like to say my best, my best to you all, and until the next time, may you... Do well, may whatever you're going through have a positive spin, and just know there's someone out there cares. Take care and much love.